You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Now with us today, Brian Deal. He played the guitar on the worship team. He usually is on the drums, and uh, he's been with YWAM. He's been in Redding, California, and Kansas City. So he's, he's just been all over the place. And he's gonna come and just share a few moments to let you know, give you an update on what's going on in his life, and give you an opportunity if you would like to support in his missionary endeavors. Here's Brian. Hi, church. Hi, it's so good to see you guys again. I love this place. I was crying. I'm not going to cry, but I will. Um, I have five minutes to talk. So um, I just rejoice coming here every time. You guys have been um, so, so important to my life. And I thank you, Rick, for your fathering to me as a spiritual father. I know Rick Baumgartner and Mike Mulvaney are worship mentors to me. And I am now a missionary with a missions organization called 111 Global in Kansas City. Um, as you may or may not have followed, I've been um, kind of all over the world, literally, which is really fun to say over the last couple of years. And uh, I have been with YWAM up until January this year. And so our base, YWAM base in Kansas City hosts several other ministries. One of them is called 111 Global, and um, it is named after Malachi 111, which says, For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And that is our call. We are we're a marriage of the global prayer and worship movement and missions. And so we're creating prayer rooms in the world. Our, the, the 111 vision statement says is to train, send labors, to build missional communities of worship in prayer everywhere. And so I'm a part of that, and it's been really, really fun to just immerse myself in learning how to be a, a, a more well-rounded worship leader as well as a much more passionate pursuer and in joyful prayer. And it's so fun to have all these different avenues of prayer. So I'll be outside of the in the foyer um, after. So I'd love to catch up with you guys if you have questions about what I do in my ministry, how I do what I do, um, what my partnership needs are, I guess. But really, um, it's just an exciting thing to get to be a part of this process of building the kingdom of God. And you guys are a part of it. I know many of you guys are in my, on my list. Um, you receive updates from me whenever I do things. So I appreciate all of your prayers. Um, it brings me such comfort to know that so many people um, just have my interest at heart with what the Lord has and what he's called on my life to do. And um, Part of that is really a testimony I'm going to share. It came actually starting here about 10 plus years ago. Um, I was upstairs working with the youth, and there was a, a, a thing with, I think, Steve Sargent and um, Greg. What's, what's um, Noel? Dave. Um, we're doing these prophetic things over us, and Steve Sargent said, you, you are a, a carrier, not only in 
message, but like an aircraft carrier, sending out people into the nations, world changers, young people going and changing the world. And so about two and a half, three years ago, I had this dream. I was looking for a new work and job and and my buddy, who was a YWAMer in Reading, said, you guys, you should really think about doing YWAM instead of a new career shift. And I said, well, I'll pray about it. Well, God gave me this dream, and all of a sudden, I'm in this kind of battlefield type scenario in the Middle East, looking for airplanes, looking for jets to fly important people back to government, world changers. And at the very end, of the dream, I saw this huge, I don't know if you've seen the TED Talk big letters, you know, the red TED Talks. Well, it was Matthew 13 across my field of view. And I, as you may or may not know, it's filled with parables. And I believe that was a parable, a parable to really um, confirm that, that prophetic word I got here 10 years ago. And so that gave me the green light to jump into serving in missions, working especially with young people, empowering. My, my vision really is to empower, develop, and disciple lovers of Jesus into the nations. And so as I do that, I am getting to do this through a form of, of um, prayer room development, intercession, intercession um, things into the nations. And so it's very exciting, um, really fun, and, and such a sweet community. So I hope to, 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 to meet more and see, I see lots of friendly faces. So um, out there, I'll, I'll be there, and I would love to just catch up with you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Rick, for just giving me an opportunity to share a little about what I do. And it's just so good to be home with you guys. This is a very special place to me. So thank you. Let's pray for Brian. Father, we thank you for your son, our brother. We thank you for all that you have deposited in him of your heart for the nations. We pray, Father, that uh, today there would be a fresh watering from heaven to earth. Lord, that there would be a flourishing in his heart, his spirit, his soul, and his body. And so, Father, we bless him in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. That a boy, RB. Mm-hmm. Well, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. So let's take out our Bibles. If you have the Passion Translation, if you don't, you might want to read it on the screen. Here we are in chapter 5. And in chapter 5, we, we begin with Jesus encountering uh the, the man who's lame for 38 years beside the pool of Bethesda. And he's there and he, he, he wants to be healed, but he never can get into this pool that when the waters get stirred, it's because an angel had come and the first one that gets in the water gets healed. And so he's there and Jesus comes upon him and says, do you want to be well? 
And the guy starts going into the excuses of why he can't be first in the pool. And uh, if you've watched The Chosen, this is one of the more recent episodes. <clears throat> and Jesus lovingly looks at him and he says, that's not what I asked. <laughs> Do you want to be well? And, uh, and Jesus tells him to get up, pick up his, his bed, his mat, and walk, and he does. And it's, it's such a phenomena that everybody, there's just a huge buzz going around, and Jesus just slips off, and, and, and the guy doesn't even know who Jesus is, which is really interesting, isn't it? I don't know about you, but it's like when I pray for someone and their headache goes away, you know, I want it posted you know, with a picture of me I prayed for this woman's headache and it left, you know? And yet with Jesus, when he brings a miraculous healing, he just slips off. And I think he gives us an understanding of how this works. It's not about us, it's about the Father. And so on this Heavenly Father's Day, I want to emphasize giving the honor to the Father. And watch how he then in turn gives it to his Son. Yeah. And so here we have it, and now we're going to pick up. We want to, <clears throat> I, I want to begin today at verse 17, but we're going to look at verses 15 and 16 as a result of this. And, and the, the religious leaders of the Jews see this man following the instructions of the man who healed him, who he doesn't know who it was, but he's carrying his, bat, his, his, his mat, and it's on the Sabbath, so he's breaking a cardinal man-made Sabbath rule that you're not supposed to work. And carrying your mat is part of the definition and all the midrash of what it means to work on the Sabbath. And they said, why are you, why are you breaking the Sabbath? Why are you carrying your mat? And he says, because the guy that healed me told me to. <laughs> I think I would do with the guy who heals me. I, I would go with that rather than the religious rules. And, and so he's, he's there. And they said, well, who is he? And, and the guy doesn't know. But later Jesus meets him and reveals himself to him. So now we pick it up in verse 15. He says, then the man went to the Jewish leaders to inform them, it was Jesus who healed me. So from that day forward, the Jewish leaders began to persecute Jesus because of the things he did on the Sabbath. This always blows me away. And I know looking back from our perspective, not being Jewish and not looking at that serious offense of uh, breaking the Sabbath, Jesus never broke the Sabbath the way the Father intended the Sabbath. He broke the man-made rules of trying to define what to keep the Sabbath holy was. And uh, basically what Jesus is doing is he's loosening our understanding so that we can understand what is the Sabbath. Uh, we're gonna be looking into that in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality on Wednesday of what is Sabbath rest and realizing that the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's not something that we're to live up to with all this pressure. It's something that's designed to bring delight to us. 
It's something that's there that we get refreshed and reconnected and rejuvenated. And so the Sabbath is a, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but in, in, when I grew up, sometimes even in evangelical Christianity, there was a lot of rules and don'ts and do's on what you can do on the Sabbath. And as a kid growing up, my Sabbath was pretty much church in the morning, Sunday school, youth group, uh, youth choir, and then the evening service, and then hopefully an afternoon fellowship. By then, I was ready to call in sick on Monday morning school because my Sabbath totally depleted me instead of refreshed me. One of the key things, if you are doing something and it's got more of a Sabbath dynamic, you will realize that you're not in a hurry, you're relaxed, you're enjoying life. I need Sabbath because I suffer from hurry sickness. Um, I'm always in a hurry. You know, on, on days that uh, you go into a men's restroom, women, you can go into the women's restroom. Now it's just a restroom. Um, as we go in there and I see that they don't have paper towels, and I gotta sit there, and sometimes it's the old-fashioned blow dryer where it takes forever to get your hands dry, as opposed to the, the jet rocket that breaks your eardrum when you put your hand under it, and, and all that goes with that. And it's like, you know you're, you're, you're in the Sabbath when you go in the restroom and it doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you. You're relaxed, it's the Sabbath. You go, you put your hand under the hairdryer. There's a line behind you. Everybody's waiting to dry their hands. And you just say, it's the Sabbath. Yeah, this, this is just really good. And just enjoy and delight in a day that the Lord's made for you to rest. Now, many in America, we don't have that because we, we applaud the drivenness of our culture and the one that keeps on going and going and going and going and never resting, we say has more value. Uh, the scripture says you're getting ready for burnout. And there's really something about the economy of God where nine is greater than 10 and six days always trumps seven days of work. Hmm, think about that. So now they, they, the, the leaders know that it's Jesus that did this. In verse 17, Jesus answered his critics by saying, every day my father is at work and I will be too. This infuriated them and made them all the more eager to devise a plan to kill him. For not only did he break their Sabbath rules, but he called God my father, which made him equal to God. One of the footnotes that uh, Brian Simmons has in the, trans uh, the Passion Translation here is that Jesus so worded things and the leaders understood that Jesus was claiming to be divine. They knew that the way he said, my father, it wasn't just pointing out this is dad, it was, yeah, we're of the same essence. This is my father. So Jesus said, I speak to you a timeless truth. 
The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. I only do the works that I see the father doing for the son does the same works as his father. Because the father loves his son so much, he always reveals to me everything he's about to do. And you will all be amazed when he shows me even greater works than what you've seen so far. For just like the father has power to raise the dead, the son will raise the dead and give life to whomever he wants. The father now judges no one, for he has given all authority to judge to the son, so that the honor that belongs to the father will now be shared with his son. So if you refuse to honor the son, you are refusing to honor the father who sent him. I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you have passed from the realm of death into the realm of life. Father, we just ask that you would release your spirit to give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Eternal truth number one, timeless truth. Timeless eternal truth. Dependency on my Father. The first thing on Father's Day, as I, as I was looking for a passage, Father is used in, in chapter five of John multiple times, is that Jesus wants it, make it makes it very clear that he is totally dependent upon his father. It's not like an adolescent who's moving and wanting to assert their independency and autonomy and wants to break away from the parents. Here Jesus, as a young adult, realizes he is absolutely dependent upon his father. And in the Father's presence, as he would often do, going out early in the morning to a solitary place and pray and be with the Father. That's where he was restored and refreshed. That's where the securing of his heart by Father's love. You go to the baptism, the, the voice from heaven saying, this is my son. And you can almost see Father God popping some buttons off his shirt right there. He's really proud of his son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And I think that's something of the essence that all of us as sons and daughters want to hear from our parent, especially our father. We want to hear that we belong to someone. You're mine. We want to know that the one that we belong to loves us. Huh. And we want to know that they're pleased with us. And it's a threefold affirmation that I've been looking at for years and years and years and just realize if you don't realize that that's how God sees you, then it's going to be a very difficult journey trying to live the Christian life. Because oftentimes what we end up doing is we're striving to gain his acceptance. We're trying to work and, and, and achieve his approval, we want to earn his love, and we don't realize we already have all three of those. We belong to him, he loves us with an eternal love, and he fully accepts and approves of us. 
that, that'll blow some circuits. It also give you some freedom to, to believe. And it's almost like today's message for some of us, it'd be like, man, what you're talking about is so far down the road, I'm not there yet. Guess what? Sometimes we need to get a little bit of a futuristic understanding of where this path is taking us so that we'll know that we're on the right trail. The next step needs to go this direction because this is where the Lord is taking me. He's taking you into the securing love of the Father. Why? Because when you're there, nothing can rattle you. Absolutely nothing can rattle you. Nothing, fear doesn't work. The kingdom of darkness doesn't work. There, there's nothing in the world that can seduce you. Uh, your, your own soul can't seduce you when you're in the presence of the Father. It's absolutely amazing. So the eternal truth is that one, the Son is absolutely dependent upon the Father and that the Son does only the things that the Father does. Whatever the works of the Father are, those are the works that Jesus did. Guess what? Those are the works you are to do. Because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So, how do you know what the Father does? Well, you can read the scripture and see what Jesus did. You can look into uh, any part of the Bible, especially you know in the Old Testament, see what God has done. What are the works that he does? <laughs> They're miracles. They're amazing. They're securing peace in the midst of no peace. He says that he'll prepare a table so that your digestive system will be so at peace that you can sit down and eat a meal with your enemies all around you. I don't know about you, but I don't eat on Sunday morning because I got to preach. That's enough little butterflies in the stomach that I'm not going to mess it up with food. And to think you could be on a battlefield with hostile forces coming to kill you and his presence spreads a table so that you can be at peace in the midst of that. Now I call that miraculous, that's supernatural. And that's the kind of things that our father does. He's amazing. I had to highlight this next expression, because my father loves me. Just take a moment and let the Holy Spirit minister that to your heart especially for the hearts that's not really sure if the Father does love. Our conception has been that the Father's disappointed in me. The Father's thinking, when am I gonna grow up? When am I gonna get a clue? When am I gonna start measuring up and make better choices? Instead of knowing, because my Father loves me. What happens because my Father loves me? He reveals everything to me. Oh my, you know, when you think of uh, some of the, the different ministries and anointings that the Holy Spirit gives to our brothers and sisters, especially some of those prophetic ministries, I, I had a dream last night and I was in some kind of war. It was a battle and there was forces that had infiltrated our forces and were masquerading as on our side, but they weren't on our side. 
And in the dream, it was so interesting that as I walked through, I knew that this person wasn't one of ours. And it was supernaturally revealed to me in my dream. And I thought, Lord, that's a word of knowledge. You just gave me a word of knowledge that this person is that. And this person looked absolutely wonderful on the outside, but inside there was a powerful demonic presence that was operating and was trying to sabotage and defeat our forces. And so in the love of Jesus, I just cast out the demon. It was really fun. I wish you could have been there. It was, it was you know, and, and as the demon came out, all of a sudden, I realized I'd stepped into a spiritual dimension and I was starting to see in the spirit realm what was going on in this battle. I was like, oh, this is, I haven't had a dream quite like this one. This was pretty interesting. And it encouraged me to know that as a son, the Father reveals everything that he's going to do. Now, I'm not saying I have all knowledge of what the Father's gonna do, but it's accessible. Jesus had all, everything revealed that the Father was going to do. The only thing that we see where Jesus gives exception is he says the Son doesn't know the time nor the day when the second coming is gonna be, when the day of the Lord's gonna be. He didn't know that, only the Father knew that. But everything else, why? Because he loves me. I, 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 it just kind of provoked me into thinking, I wonder if that's why we walk so shallowly, shallowly in, in the things of the Spirit, and especially with some of the gifts of, of the Holy Spirit, because we don't realize how much the Father loves us. If, if, if you take this causal effect, it's because he loves me that he reveals. If you don't get anything else today, know that your Father in heaven loves you. And as you come to believe that the Father loves you, I think it's almost in proportion that you believe in, that he loves you, that you'll start receiving the revelation, the, the revealing of what the Lord is up to. What's he doing? Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. And so he was able to see the Father on planet Earth and he could see what the Father was up to. I've been pursuing seeing in the Spirit. Love to. So far it only happens when I'm dreaming. But it, that's better than what it used to be. And it's like, let's continue to pursue. Because I, I think it's more and more as I am fully immersed in Father's love that these things start to open up. It, it, it may be so far down the journey that you think, ah, there, that's another lifetime. But just take steps toward that, toward his love, toward his presence, and see what unfolds. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added. One of the ways that I hear that is, seek first my presence and you will be immersed in my love. And when you're immersed in my love, you have everything that you need. 
because from being immersed in his love, you know how good he is. And you know that out of his goodness, he's a good, good father. And that's one of the things about Father's Day that's so difficult because so many times we don't have a father that truly reflects the attributes of our heavenly father. And as a result, it makes us difficult to connect with his love and with him as a, as a person because of the difficulties that we have in our history. But the good news is it doesn't matter how horrible your earthly father was. When you through Christ meet your heavenly father, there is a whole new reparenting program that comes out of that intimate relationship with him. He begins to speak the truth over you instead of the lie. <laughs> he begins to tell you your worth, value, and significance and how deeply he loves you and how pleased he is with you rather than you'll never amount to anything. You're a loser. You're worthless. You'll never, and you just take all those things that the kingdom of darkness has used through an earthly father that didn't represent accurately the heavenly father. Thank God for the reparenting program of the kingdom that we get out of relationship with Jesus, an introduction to the father that then lets us know, even though usually when we go into that, we're a little gun shy, we're not sure, we're thinking he's gonna whack us, but then as we get there, we find that he is the most loving being we've ever known. And we find that what we see in Jesus is what is in the Father. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. And so we, we see, oh, wow. Because I, I have a lot of folks that say, I can't wait to meet Jesus, but I don't want to meet the Father. And that's coming from a father wound, from a misperception of the goodness of the father. Because my father loves me, he says he's gonna reveal everything that he's about to do. And you'll be amazed when he shows even greater works than what you've seen up until now. Oh, does that ring a bell? John 14? Yeah, John 14, verse 12. This is what Jesus says as he's preparing to go to the cross and he's training up his disciples uh, with special teaching before he leaves. He says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to the Father. <clears throat> Jesus says, You've seen some pretty powerful stuff here. The 38-year lame man get healed and is walking. <clears throat> You're gonna see greater things than that. And then as he's telling his disciples, as he's about to exit, he's saying, and fellas, you've been with me now three years. You've seen the resurrection of the dead. You've seen the healing of blind eyes, the opening of deaf ears, the mute that's able to speak. You've seen the demonized delivered. You've seen all of this. You've seen five loaves and a few fish feed thousands. He says, you've watched the storms cease at the spoken word of be still. 
He says, you're going to see greater things than that because I go to the Father. Now, Jesus saw the Father's works and he replicated them down here. And now we have the Father and Jesus together releasing the power and the anointing through the Holy Spirit for us down here. <clears throat> have you seen a miracle? <clears throat> Not a courtesy miracle, but, but you've actually seen a miracle? Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit start to just incubate your heart with the belief and the faith that just absolutely extraordinary healings, miracles, signs, and wonders are coming right around the corner. They're with us today. <clears throat> I'm hoping you're getting a, a little fill on Father's Day that the Father really wants you to know how good he is and that the things that he revealed to the Son, he wants to reveal to you. Why? Because he loves you. It's not because you went to seminary. It's not because you read 32 chapters of the Bible every day. It's because he loves you. Do whatever he, whatever reciprocates his love back to him. None of those things I met. You read 35 chapters a day. That, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Sonship <clears throat> shows us in Christ that Jesus isn't just an example for us of how we should live, but he's an example of us. Is that blasphemous? Jesus shows us what we were originally intended in the Father's heart. When you see Jesus, you see what humanity was supposed to be like. Such an intimate relationship with God such a rich fellowship with God, such a, a faith and a belief that we, we don't divide it into, this is my natural thoughts and, so, and here's my spiritual faith and belief. No, it was just all, this was life. And there wasn't any kind of separation between the spiritual and the natural. It was just a way of being. And Jesus has come to restore that to us. <clears throat> eternal truth number two. I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, those are the qualifiers. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. <clears throat> that sounds like a good word right there. Mm. Never face condemnation. In me, you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of life, into eternal life. <clears throat> and we know that that happens when we say yes to Jesus, when we believe his message. And, and as, we, as we do those qualifiers, that there is now here on the earth the assurance that we've left that which is the realm of death, and we've come into the realm of eternal life. Is it absolutely, completely a full reality? No, but it will be. 
And I believe that there's a whole lot more that we can experience this side of heaven, of heaven, while we're still here on the earth. And so the Lord is, is letting us know, you've passed from condemnation. You never have to worry about that. You've passed from death. You've come to eternal life, full acceptance, full love, full pleasure of the Father. And from that place, greater things. Let's see what's on the agenda today. What is Father up to? Lord, we ask that you would give us the grace to see what you're doing. Hmm. We pray, Father, that there would be a release from heaven to earth, a full release of your love. And Father, for anyone that uh, still feels like they're stuck in condemnation and in the realm of death, we say let today be the day in which they pass over because they believed your message and they believe in the one who sent you. Father, you're always at the core of every good and perfect thing that happens to us. And we just wanna say thank you, thank you. Thank you for all the ways in which you poured out goodness into our hearts. And we say, Lord, let the greater things come to the glory of your name, the honor of Jesus, the agency of the Holy Spirit, to the glorification of the Father. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.